Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Huh. Okay, cool. We're having a lot of fun with the podcast ghost today. Yeah, we are. So, I don't know about y'all, but I'm very excited for this meme reveal. I am thinking it might be best to advise people before we get started that this is one better watched rather than listened to. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of visual aids with this one. And obviously, like, for people who do, like, you know, listen to this in their car or whatever, listen to this while they're, like, at their desk, we will, of course, be providing the, like, drive link with all of our memes. So yes. you will you will be able to see them whatever format you're listening to this in, just, you know, blanket statement, that it might make your life easier. But yeah, I'm really excited about this one, and I, um... I did try my hardest when I was picking memes, because mine are mostly Dune and Pokemon memes. I tried my hardest to keep the Dune memes ones that won't require, like, 20 minutes of explanation. Dune your mom. Dune your mom. Um, I tried my best. Say that. Mm -hmm. Like, the the Dune your mom is an autoimmune response, just like nice is. Yeah, exactly. To be sad. Yeah, no. Do your mom. Do your mom. Yeah, my original intent was to have like a a combination of like work related and then like and then I was like, oh but like what about Star Trek memes and then what about knitting memes and then what about running memes? So I just stuck with work because I was getting overwhelmed. Of course, happens right, to the best right. of us. I think, yeah, I do not have hobby memes in there because I started to look at them and then I was just like, there's too much. Is there any way to shuffle the memes so that we're not getting all of one person's and all of another person's? Oh, that's what I thought. That was kind of my plan. Yeah. Was to perfect. have each of us take the other two through all of our memes and then rotate off that way. Okay. Okay. No, I I wasn't sure if you had a specific like way you were visualizing this. Yeah. No, that is the plan. Also, um, Brooks, by the time this episode has <clears throat> released. The day before this episode is going to be released, the day after we have finished Banana Fish completely. Oh. That's what I was looking at the calendar. I was like, "What? What is that day?" Ah, uh, yeah. Um, wow, it's getting real close. <sighs> Almost there, indeed. Anyway, all right. Let's not get let's not get too hung up on that. Let's. Shall we begin? Would anyone like to share how their day has been, or do we want to just dive right into the memory? Memory. Memory. 
I'm just imagine like a museum in my head of memes where you just walk in. You know, I like, think I truly genuinely think that at some point like memes is going to be like a distinction within the fields of like communication and anthropology because it is a huge part of like how people interact with each other at this point. Like I feel I mean, like it is very soon very soon going to be deemed worthy of study. Well, people already study it. Anything then that there you go, like... boom. I mean... I'm imagining like a fancy museum where you walk in and it's like all the classic and it's like I can has cheeseburger, you know. <laughs> the prehistoric memes. Yeah. Well, because I mean that's the thing. Like you don't really see memes like that anymore. Like there are definite trends in like meme history. They uh -huh. the I can has cheeseburger ones in black and white to indicate age. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> I assume they would be all in chronological order, so you could yeah, walk yeah. through. Oh, and, uh, yeah. For the most recent and go backward, I think that'd be fun, because they'd be like, oh, yeah, I know that, I know that. And then you would get further down, and you're like, people thought this was funny. And they end <laughs> with the dancing baby. Yeah. <laughs> Are honestly, like, things that we might consider memes, like, especially that, like, I've referenced this account before, like, that account, like, Yesterday's Press, where it's just a bunch of, what are essentially... Like, what today could be described as Tumblr shitposts that were printed in, like, you know, the Chicago Tribune, 1802. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I don't know. You could also, like, draw some connections back to there, or, like, or even, like, the, what was the the World War World War One World War Two thing, the, like, Kilroy was here? Like, that was kind of a meme! Yeah, but, I mean, I think they tend to define memes as more of like in the internet era things that have been of course off. of course i don't know just yeah, connections to be made yeah um does anybody know who founded the word meme i i no, was I it a it. scientist i think it was richard dawkins who was an evolutionist and it is and it is a unit of replication yeah we talked about that in my um Filming the seventies class when I was a freshman in college. First class I literally ever walk I literally ever took at uh, SUNY Geneseo. That was my morning class, first day ever. Morning. Yeah. It was a good time. Loved that class. The professor never got like, I took one of his classes. He was in the English department and I was not an English major. He never fucking got rid of me. <laughs> I just kept popping up to say hey. I mean eventually he did, because uh what was the last time you talked to him versus you're completely right. Although I did try to email him, and he didn't email me back, which made me kind of sad because we talked a lot when I was on campus. I wouldn't take it personally. But I also, I know, I'm like exactly, I know how it be. It do be intentional. Yeah. You gotta yeah. triage your emails sometimes. I do know. I absolutely do know how it be. No, nothing against my dude. Um. Anyway, who would like to? Can we stop with this? Hold on. Are you in a rave or something? No, I think my camera connection is just unstable. Does it need to be on medication? Is your camera like Let's the eleven dollars? Let's hope not. I already have to deal with that for myself. Wrap it around just the right way so that it plays out <laughs> both earbuds. Yeah. I don't even remember which group chat that was sent to anymore, but I know precisely the one you're talking about. I think it was Instagram because it was the video and you like the correct. music. Okay. Like... Me with my iPod Nano on the school bus. 
Yeah. Hold on. Let me try adjusting this like down where the camera actually plugs into the computer. Hold on. Sorry, friends. Mine always seemed to be about the angle where it plugged in. Like it had to be just that I had to like pull the angle of it slightly where it was going into the whatever the device was. I know. Okay. Let's hope device. that fixes it. If not, I'm gonna have to like. I don't know, we'll have to perform, like, a cleansing ritual to try and get rid of the podcast ghost or something. But I kind of don't want to get rid of the ghost. It's a little bit fun. I just don't want my technology to not work, period. You could say it is unpredictable. Unpredictable. Henry Zabrowski. <laughs> we need to stop. Who wants to start? <laughs> I said one word. I know. I'm getting increasingly annoying as the live show gets closer. Anyway. Let me pull up the uh, old folder here. Yeah. And I will be, um, just so you two know, I will be displaying them on my um, monitor so that the screen recording gets it. So y'all don't have to worry about that. I just looked at the episode guide and saw the, the second question, and I almost put the, that meme in there, but you guys have already seen it. But it is a Star Trek meme. Oh, beautiful. No, I don't want to the images hold on let me pull this up make make them in a list there we go i changed them to lists so i cannot see them oh that would have been smart of me zach has no name there we go i am i'm named unnamed my man is secret okay um am i i'm gonna click on sarah number one is are we allowed now is this the time I, i just want to point out mine are not in any particular order I just kind of like added them in there and then put numbers on them. Oh, you know, neither am I. Okay, so I, I actually don't even know what it is. That's fun. <laughs> like a little surprise. You know, a little surprise for me, even though I just put them in there like what? 2.30-ish, it says. So like three hours ago. <laughs> That's better than me. Like, that, that was the view three hours ago that I've changed a lot since then. <laughs> Um, growth. A lot of personal growth. Shall yeah. we begin, yeah. friends? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sweet. We'll stop shit posting in real time. <laughs> Alright, let's go. <laughs> Wait, do we have to... Sorry, are these getting put on the, on the screen, or are we opening these individually? O- open them individually, that's yeah. why they're numbered. So that we don't have to deal with with streaming them from anyone's computer. Yeah. Okay. And then you have to when somebody opens one, because then you hear the reaction. There you go. Oh, I love okay. the format, Sorry. even if I don't 100% understand. Like, the format gives me enough context, I think. You've actually experienced this in the real world vicariously. Oh, yeah! That I have. Find the 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 chat the doc. Okay, here we go. I promise I'm prepared. Okay. Um. I mean, I, the creator of this podcast, uploaded my memes to the doc ten minutes before we started recording. I opened it this afternoon and I was like, I assumed you both had already done it, and I was like, Oh man, I'm so behind. And I was like, Wait, is this the right folder? I had them on my phone. All right, I have it open. To be fair, most of these I downloaded this afternoon, so... Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I understand, I think, a decent amount based on the format alone. 
Yeah, that's why I was, I, like you with the Dune ones, I was aiming for ones that really didn't require much in the way of explanation. Um, but this one, unnoticed decision letter in my inbox, it's referring to like, when you submit an article to try to get published, ah. the vast majority of them get rejected. Of course. Like, tiny, ah. tiny percentage of papers. And some of them you'll have to submit and get rejected like 10 times. Um, but every time you get one, it's absolutely devastating every single time. And so just kind of sitting there going about your life, but somewhere in your inbox, there is a rejection email that you just haven't seen yet. And as <laughs> soon as you do, your day will be ruined. Maybe your week. The deluge of sad. Yeah. And so Bridget was here once when I received one such decision letter that was not positive. No. That was what I was referring to. That was a I'm bonding. Gonna... I'm, I'm going to call that a real bonding experience for the two of us. I had an, a, like an extreme meltdown but that was a particularly bad one that was one i was like it had a big impact on my tenure package so i might have had a, a mental breakdown when I got that and then because i'm just the kind of person who matches energy i also had a mental breakdown it was great and then we kept drinking yeah, but that's what makes me laugh so much because it's like it's so true. It's like a, a tiny bomb sitting in your email, and it's the worst thing. That is absolutely tragic. You have such high hopes for your paper, you're like, "This is a good paper. I worked so hard on it," and they're just like, "Yeah, no thanks." Just... Ouchie. And some of them, it'll be like the seventh rejection, and your heart just <laughs> like getting broken up with over and over again. Ooh. You call Shall next whenever you're ready. Okay. I wasn't sure what the protocol was. Yeah. Let me open this two here, see what this is. <laughs> that was pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> okay. Wait. I like that. That's fine. Can I tell a funny anecdote that they told on um Positive America like a year ago? Absolutely. They're talking yes. about how about how um Obama was just so ridiculously organized and he would be like, I want to give this speech just like off the cuff. And then there was like point A and then point like one A and then point two A and like, he just, nope, it's all broken down. Noted. Yep. Very much an academic way of writing. I'm convinced most academics make up words and try to sound fancier than they are, which is just... I feel like every- it's one of those things where, like, everyone's doing it, but everyone's afraid to admit that they're doing it, so- Like, the- the- the Spider-Man meme, or, like, that scene in the office where they're all point- like, pretending to point guns at each other, oh, yeah. it's like, who's gonna break first? Mutually assured destruction. Precisely! There you go. Much more eloquent. See, I- I contextualize things through memes. You have, like, the actual, like, smart academic phrase. Killing it. Um... Three? Yeah. Walk us through it at whatever pace you would like. Again, self-explanatory. <laughs> Ouch. Cause it's, it, but it's like so accurate. It's like the day you get the PhD and you're like, look at me, I'm a doctor, I did it, all this work, it paid off. And now I'm, what year is this? Nine years in. And it's just like, I remember those days. I was so happy to have my precious document. <laughs> But now you do get to, like, sign things with doctor. That's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. It is. I, I still do get a little happy about that. And every time I get a piece of mail that actually has the doctor on it, 
I'm like, oh, that's nice. Thanks. I distinctly remember when you and I copped the last podcast tickets, you could, like, put in if it was, like, Mr. Mrs. whatever, and there was a doctor option, you were like, you know what, I'm doing that. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, every time there's one of those that it only has, like, Mr. Ms. or Mrs. as options, I'm like, oh, come on. Give, give it to me. I went through all of it. I know. I don't even know. And what in that, that case, it's not even a sexism thing because they have the Miz. What if you're a man? What if you're a man, Doctor? God damn it. Yeah. Yeah, that logo there, the HIPM is high impact PhD memes. Thing. <laughs> Love that. That's awesome. It's from a group called High Impact PhD. Wait, High Impact Memes for PhD Fiends. Nice. There's um. I don't know if it's still active, but there was an Instagram there was an Instagram meme account for the history major at Geneseo specifically that was called Sturge's Memes for History Teens. Nice. <laughs> That's right. gonna be it. Uh, we're gonna be in Sturgis, our department. I know. They've restarted the remodel. So does the that's the question. Does the meme page change hands? Does it become a communication major meme page? Or does the title of the meme account change to wherever the history major headquarters is being moved to? Yeah, probably the latter. But we should really make our own meme page. We absolutely should. It'll happen someday. We'll get on it. The next one is self-explanatory as well. Why is this one reload? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my stuff is just loading really slowly, so I'm still getting the wheel. Of course, no worries, dude. I'm waiting for a reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to call it anyone specifically. But it's like, it's so accurate that every time there's a problem, they don't fix the problem. They just make another administrative position. Of course. Like, this has been such a huge thing in the SUNY system specifically, where they're like... The amount of money spent on administration and the number of positions created has just been like mushrooming mm -hmm. out while, like, you know, everything else they spend less on. It's crazy, but yeah, it's, it's, a lot of these are a little too accurate to be, uh, of course. Enjoyable, I, guess. Um, I get what you mean. Well, the other one's a little, next one's a little more general. I suppose, but it's something that academics do a lot. Sign off with best. <laughs> yeah, I do that sometimes. Like I said, it's a little more general, um, but it's kind of a, a thing that academics make a lot of jokes about. Of course. I think the most chaotic, like, email sign off, like, that one can acceptably use in, like, an academic or corporate setting, if your email sign off is, like, chow, that is the most chaotic. I think mine is sent from my DS. <laughs> oh yeah, I did like the sent from my Nintendo DS. That was excellent. Can you, had could you actually email from a Nintendo DS? Yeah. <laughs> I've never owned one. Oh, see, I did, but I just don't know. I have emailed with more than one person who signs off with blue skies. That's kind of fun, though. What do they mean? We'll never know. One I kind of like that. Yeah, I don't know. One way to stand out, right? Yeah. I think so. I think that's fine. I have never signed off with that. Oh, and I think I tried it one time and I felt so weird. I never went back to it. 
Fair enough. Yeah. What is my usual sign off? Usually it's thank you because I'm begging people f- on because I'm begging other podcasts for a crumb of their audience. Yeah, mine's most often if it's either thanks if thanks is warranted or just like a enjoy enjoy your afternoon or something like that, you know. A nice wish for their afternoon, evening, weekend, whatever is yeah. coming up. Cheers is another I... chaotic one. That's an Andrew Herman sign off. My dude. Wait, what is that? Cheers. Um, oh, cheers. I don't know, I just find it fascinating. I feel like somebody at some point has to have done a study on sign-offs. If not, there's an but, idea for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's really not my area, but it's just, I find it fascinating. Like, what, what is, what is it about a person that chooses to use best as their sign-off? Like, is there some characteristic? Could be. I don't know what it is, because I can't get myself to do it. Mm-hmm. But accurate meme. Because that's usually what it means. Oh, wait, are we moving on? Oh, yes. Sorry, I already opened the next one to see what it was. <laughs> that would be really nice if people would just, you know, send me that PDF so I don't have to write it. That would be fantastic. Yeah, I feel like that would make life easier, but, you know, that's kind of how it is on this bitch of an earth, unfortunately. There's a lot of those where I'm like, I need to work on them, edit them, but I don't think I'm not. Yeah, I'd simply prefer not to. Yeah, and it's sort of playing off um, something that's commonly done in academia where you just ask people if they have a PDF of different articles because you can't access them anywhere. So it's meant to, like, in the beginning of it, you're expecting somebody to ask, like, hey, does anybody have a PDF of, like, McMullen and Mark in 2006 or something? And said it's, can you just send me a PDF of the article I'm trying to write? See, so, I actually wouldn't have known that. So this is, why, this is why we have the explanations for the yeah. Uh, yeah. personally specific meme review, is what I'm going to call it. Yeah. But I tried to, to be, to pick ones that didn't really need explanation for the most part, but. I get you, dude. Next. (laughs) This one's a bit of a classic. It gets posted every Halloween. I love it. Um, It is a very long-running joke in the academic world that all of us are supposed to be writing constantly for publication, and we never do it. And so there's just meme after meme after meme about how we should be writing in various clever ways. Uh, around Valentine's Day, there's always a lot of good roses or red, violets or blue poems about writing. Nice. I dig that. That's fun. Yeah. This one makes me laugh every time. <laughs> what are you supposed to be writing? <laughs> this is such a cute Gosh. version of it, too. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's very much a classic in the academic world. We stand. Oh, this next one is uh, going to be one that everybody will enjoy. Loading. <laughs> yeah. Chidi! My man Chidi! Love him. When I saw that one, I was like, this one will go over well. It's Chidi! Love him. I love the meme I saw about Chidi specifically is that he's so jacked because he can't decide which machines to use at the gym, so he just uses all of them. <laughs> love him. That's. 
Probably true. Yeah, it really got me because it's it's again just accuracy. Yeah, honestly, yeah. sometimes I like remember that like you have a PhD. Right. <laughs> I'm like that doesn't seem like it should be allowed. Yeah, like I, I remember as a kid always hearing like you know people have PhDs and I'm like oh my god they must be just like so smart like super serious and studious and they work so hard and then it's like now that I'm constantly surrounded by PhDs and a lot of my best friends are PhDs I'm like no they are children <laughs> just children with a really really specific area of knowledge yeah right. Like, not even particularly, I mean, they're smart, you know, but not, like, particularly smart, just people who are really nerdy about something and decided to keep going to school for it. Yeah. So, yes, we are all cheating. But for whatever our specific area. Although I geek out like he does when I teach media ethics, so. As you should. So I have a healthy dose of him in my repertoire. Sorry. Laughing at my own memes. Because I forgot what they were. I just saw them for the first time today, for the most part. This one um, so, I don't know what any of the, I know what some of those words mean uh, separately. For some yeah. reason, I have never seen this like set of images on a meme until today, but apparently it's popular. Oh yeah, it's oh, really yeah. popular. Which I don't know why I've never seen it before. Um, so this one requires probably the most explanation of any of them. So R2 stands for reviewer 2. Gotcha. It is a long-running joke in the academic community that when you write a paper and you send it out to be reviewed for publication, there's always that one reviewer that's, like, super petty mm -hmm. and will, like, nitpick things or want you to cite their research or and just generally be an a-hole, you know? Um, and actually, most of these memes came from a Facebook group called Reviewer 2 Must Be Stopped. Nice. So it's, Reviewer 2 is the name that's always put in there for that super petty reviewer, and we make a lot of jokes about, you know, shitty stuff that Reviewer 2 does. Um, so what this is referring to is, like, if you get a review back for a paper, and they just want you to change some of your words so it's more specific, it's like, oh, cool, I can do that easily, I could reword some things. But if they ask you instead to have some more statistics in your paper, requiring you to collect more data and or analyze more data. Ah. And this one hit me really hard because we're currently collecting follow-up data because of a reviewer too. Taking Rip. more money out of our lives. Big rip button. <laughs> I have to do a lot more running and analysis. Um, so when I saw the one, I was like, it hit me right in the gut, right in the gut. Ooh. Right through the heart a little. Nice. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that one requires explanation. Uh, but I really feel it. I like it. Oh, I guess the last one requires some explanation too. Fine by me. <laughs> okay. Maybe at the gist, but like yeah, I think I have a vague understanding. Just yeah. not the specifics. It requires understanding of the academic publishing process. <laughs> Something I'm blissfully ignorant of. Same. Which, like, when you are familiar with it, this is a really clever layered joke. <laughs> okay. So, here, here's like the briefest possible rundown, right? 
So you send out a paper for review, it goes to the editor, they decide whether to send it out to reviewers or not. If they decide it's like good enough to be considered, then they'll send it out to experts in your area to read it, read it and provide reviews. If they decide it's not even good enough to be reviewed or it doesn't fit the journal, you get a desk rejection. That's that first part. So okay. like basically you send it to the editor, like this isn't even good enough to be reviewed. Nope. And that hurts. Because it'll often happen in like two days after you submitted it. And you're like, somebody's even good enough to have people read it. Ouchie. Okay. R&R, um, &R, and the second part of it stands for revise and resubmit. So when you submit a paper and it goes out for review, sometimes the decision will be, we're not ready to publish it yet, but if you make the revisions that we're recommending and submit it again, we'll reconsider it. And if the changes are good enough, then we'll accept it. So what three rounds of R&R means is that they have read it and provided reviews three times and had you revise based on those reviews and resubmit three times and then still decided to reject it. Oh, so it's worse. So it's much <laughs> so worse. <laughs> Yeah, in both instances, everybody's getting rejected, but there's a difference between getting immediately rejected without reviews versus going round and round three times, which arguably is way more painful. Yeah. Because three rounds of R&R, &R, which I've never had to go through that, thank God, could take, like, years. Yeah, it is a long process. I've submitted papers where I didn't get a decision for, like, over a year. That's too long. So. I wonder if I submitted it. Like, they would have been like, we reviewed your paper. I'd be like, what paper? You reviewed my what now? Yeah. Oh, no. I wrote another, a paper. That's another joke in academia that was the obsessive checking. Like, have they reviewed it yet? Have they reviewed it yet? Because there's, like, you know, a status on the, the editorial manager. Gosh. Okay, so, so I have a question. Mm -hmm. Are you guaranteed to get a response, or are there times where you submit it and you just don't hear back? You will eventually, um, but I mean, there are horror stories of people not getting response for literal years of any kind. That's terrifying. Like mm, a paper was like just falling apart. Yeah, and I've like that one they had for over a year. I emailed them a couple of times in that span, like, hey, just checking in. Do you got the paper? And they're like, oh, yeah, we haven't sent it out yet. <laughs> what happens if, like, if, like, by the time they get to it, there's been like some new major breakthrough in the field or something that now renders your paper like obsolete. <laughs> yeah, it can happen. Yeah, I don't the, like if that. the people that did the other study submitted to a journal that's faster and it gets out, then all of a sudden your data's. And that's why I always warn people like when we're getting data in research papers, sometimes it's years old because this process, um, I, there are examples of papers that have taken like. 15, 20 years between initial submission and actual publication. Yeah, I mean, it's... I feel like I can, that needs to be addressed. It's like, you know, <laughs> a good half an hour, 45 minutes to really explain it in detail the way that it works. Noted. And today's new, new paper on the texting slang where you use the letter U instead of U, <laughs> and it's like 2015. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Well, it's, I was just having to explain in class the other day why we use terms like Facebook envy and Facebook depression. It's because, like, yeah, technically other social media is becoming more popular, but it takes us a long-ass time to actually do the research and analyze the data and write up the papers and then send it out. And, and they told us we shouldn't use Wikipedia. That should get data instantly. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Yeah. Who is out there like, updating every, like recently deceased celebrities wikipedia page to was like the second the news breaks yeah who's out there doing it the devil works hard but that person works harder i get a new york times alert every time a major person dies so i should just be like gilbert Gottfried, and immediately go and yeah yeah you could be that person my equivalent of that is i got an alert that brian Benjamin resigned the lieutenant governorship in New York, went on, on Wikipedia, and it was like the former lieutenant governor. I was like, they just broke it. <laughs> like, you know, person editing Wikipedia before CNN. Somebody has inside knowledge. Yeah. There's a conspiracy theory for you. CNN is secretly behind Wikipedia. Or uh, Wikipedia oh. is like some giant, like, death note type thing. Oh. Where when they change it, it Wikipedia. happens in real life. Oh my god. <laughs> yep. I was gonna suggest Wikipedia controls controls the world. Wikipedia controls oh, the wait. timeline. Somebody edited, like, Donald Trump's page years ago. I don't remember what it was, but it was really funny. I'll have to find it. Oh yeah, I love whenever some right. major scandal breaks and then immediately someone's Wikipedia page, like, has a joke about it. Yeah. Those are great. <laughs> Those are fantastic. I remember when Stephen Colbert used to do the Colbert Report, there were numerous instances where he would encourage all of his fans to go and make changes to certain Wikipedia pages. I can't remember what they were at the time, but people kept doing it and they kept correcting it and they kept changing it. I remember the the only 
Colbert report I ever watched wasn't actually him. It was Obama taking over the Colbert report. And he was like, report is too casual for the president. He's like, this is now the decree. And I was like, yes. Love to see it. I dig it. We missed the Colbert report. Who would like to go next? Oh, is that the end? Yeah, that was so. not yeah Zach, do you mm-hmm. want to go or shall I? Well, who's after this? It's me. Okay. <laughs> this is an old one. Wait, so, are, you, are you starting with the unnamed without the number or the unnamed one? Unnamed one. I, okay, we're I, just going to go in order they're on there. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, in chess, there's like opening theory where your first 15, 20 moves are typically like have been studied already. Um, the running, the, the thing is like, because computers are so much faster now, like, and kids have way more time, um, children know a ridiculous amount of opening theory because it just is so much easier to study. And so the Nidorf, which is this particular opening is one of the most complicated openings in chess. And so the joke is like, some kid is beating the crap out of you. I kind of love it. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, that's about it. I did. <laughs> this is just a very specific. Okay, so chess.com is the biggest like chess server, and it's weird because whenever you play a game, it tells you what opening you're playing, but like there are variations nobody's ever heard of, like, mm-hmm. and nobody knows where they get the names from. Like that's like, fun. Like when I saw this, I was like the loot, like like. It's just not a thing. Okay, I do knows. recognize the name Morphe from the Queen's Gambit. Yep. Um, I know that's the, a person. The Roy Lopez is an opening. The exchange variation of Roy Lopez is an opening. There's not really a Morph- uh, Morphe's defense exchange. And the last name is, like, just made up. Like, literally, <laughs> they just come up with stuff. I don't know where it comes from, but it's not real. <laughs> um, that's kind of fun. And that's about it. Go on to the next. <laughs> this is the one that sent me after we hung up <laughs> i don't know what this means and I was like, but i mean like i understand like i get the vibe when your friend helps you draft a what, risky text but what does the lc mean i was literally slumped against my couch on the floor with like tears <laughs> so, so yeah okay so oh you both have your little west wing club Yes, yes, this is obviously a West Wing reference, um, but in a congressional office, the LC is the legislative correspondent. They are, amongst other things, in charge of of running the uh, the mail program, and they draft the response letters to constituents. Um, uh-huh. so in this case. Okay. <laughs> and, and this episode, I know that Brooks knows this, but like in this particular episode, there's a whole episode where Sam, who is, um, who is Rob Lowe, is tasked with like drafting a birthday message. They make it a very big deal in the show. It is a message, not a letter. And then Toby, by Richard Schiff, like gets in on it. And it's these like, two senior White House officials spending all this time drafting a birthday message to, like, the Undersecretary of Transportation or something like that. And that's, like, the whole show. That's kind of fun. Um, 
literally when I first saw this, I I just I was so unhinged and it was so bad. I'm so happy. I'm so happy There's for you, bud. But yeah, okay, we can go on to the next one. I don't know what it is. <laughs> okay. More um more house stuff. Um the listserv is essentially one massive group chat for the staff assistants and legislative correspondents and you like if there wasn't if that did not exist like you would not make it as a new staff assistant or ledge correspondent and it's a lifesaver and that is where this comes from of course um, it was much more topical when it was first posted because you know good game was like all the rage but yeah um staff assistants would not be alive if it were not for listserv i like it so <laughs> next <laughs> this one oh my god um okay you don't really need to read all that text all you need to see is the office of congresswoman pramila jayapal seeking a, a legislative assistant um there's a big buzzfeed story that broke a few years ago about how awful it is to work in pramila jayapal's office ah. like extremely toxic very abusive um like like the trauma bonding from former staffers who have gone through that office like they are all literally in therapy um and i, I i'll have to find the article but it was a big deal because like she's a leader in the progressive movement and her policies are good but like there are about five or ten offices on, on both sides of the aisle that you just do not it's, want to be in. I want to work for. Um, the, the member themselves, regardless of how good their ideas and policies are, are terrible bosses. And um, she's kind of like the go-to example of that. And so, I mean, you can have good ideas and be a shit boss. Oh, They're I, not mutually exclusive. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, had, I had somebody's page open that my supervisor and I were looking at. I'm not going to say the name of the member, but we of had course. her page open. And one of the other staffers walked by, did a double take, came back, and was like, you're not working for her, right? I was like, don't you dare. <laughs> no. I, I was like, and, and, and she was like, she was like, okay, I just need to make sure. <laughs> um, it, 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 was not, it was not her, but someone else. But, um, That's so funny, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. Like, like people get, like, the hill is a small place, and people get reputations very quick. Oh, I'm sure. Especially, especially when you blow through your staff. I mean, like this particular person, not her again. This other one was on like blew through like three or four communications directors in a year. Like you just it it's so bad. Yeah, that's a lot. I, right? Like the the running joke that my friend and I have is like every time we see the postings, it's like oh they went through another one. Ouch. <laughs> they, they don't really have staff. It's so bad. Anyways, okay, we can move on. No, I got you, dude. I got you. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> the cage is basically this big basement storage office for all the offices. It is a giant room. They are actual cages that have locks that each it, within each cage is like the office supplies and coffee and computers and whatnot for each office. Is this yes. the hill Is this the hill equivalent of uh, crying in the walk-in, like the walk-in mm. freezer? Yeah. Yes. Cool. Yes. Um, if you've ever watched Scrubs, it is like the storage closet that all of the first-year like 
med students go and hide in. Um, it is, yeah, it, it is very out of the way. Um, like, unless you are looking for the cage, it's kind of hard to stumble upon. But um, it's also just a weird place to be. It's a really weird place to be. But that that is the joke. It is a lot funnier if you, like, know the cage and have been to it and, like, the vibes fit. It's a very depressing place. Um, but... Good to know. Anyways, that's that. We can move. <laughs> I like a place with cages that isn't depressing. Yeah, right? So, <laughs> this is... There is some back... <laughs> there is some background. I'm getting a decent amount from the expressions. Yeah. Who these people are? Yes. Well. Well. Okay. So the guy. So first of all, this chess position is completely winning for White. We should say that the guy on the top right is Fabiano Caruana. The guy on the bottom left is Hikaru Nakamura, and the guy bottom right is Anish Giri. In the candidates tournament to determine who would play Magnus Carlsen, twenty. Oh boy, seventeen, eighteen. I don't remember, but um, Anish Giri drew all of his games um all eight of his games were ties mm -hmm. and the running joke with him is that he draws all of his games this is a completely winning position and both of the moves suggested by fabiano caruana and hikaru nakamura are checkmate and the one suggested by, by anish giri forces a draw so it's just <laughs> it's really stupid that's kind and of fun the memes, though but yeah there's just like a lot of backstory to it. Do I have more? I don't know. Do you? <laughs> okay, more chess. Three more, right? Or two more? Something like that. I'm not, I don't remember. Um, Ding Liren is an incredibly talented chess player. He's like world number two or three at this point. Mm -hmm. um, but he's from China. And because of travel policies that kept him from tournaments, and because of um, changes to the international governing body of chess, he was not going to be eligible to compete in this year's candidates for the World Championship. So, in order to make up all the games he couldn't play, he basically played like a 35-game tournament in China with all grandmasters from China. And so, that is these 2,500. So, there's like chess ratings. He's like 2,800. So, like, much better than, than these people. But the joke is like, all of these like lesser grandmasters are losing to him in an effort to get him to the candidates because he was gotcha. unable to. Um, it, it was it was really sad. There was actually a lot of concern that he wasn't going to make it. He one hundred percent deserves to be in the candidates tournament, um, and he's the only really like Eastern grandmaster. All of the other ones are in Europe and the United States, and so he's and so when he plays these events, he's playing them at like four in the morning, and mm -hmm. I, I like two in the morning. It's so. Damn. He just has a lot of bad luck. Not his fault. Incredibly talented guy. And this was <laughs> um, just a random tattoo one about how you <laughs> saran wrap your tattoos after. <laughs> Thought about that. Okay, I kind of like that. That's kind of fun. I mean, before Sanoderm, I have no idea how you would like wrap a face tattoo, but uh, you would suffer. Is gonna be my guess. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that was um, memes by Zach. Yeah, not a whole lot of explanation on that one. Just of course. Just All right, my turn. Is 
Is it time to open it? Yes, it is. I opened it. <laughs> hey, I get this one. So, um, <laughs> the two Pokemon on the bottom are legendary Pokemon, so they can do a lot of damage. The two Pokemon on the top are the intermediate stage uh, mm. between two other evolutions, and they are essentially useless because the only move they can use in battle is Harden, which raises their personal defense statistic, but does no damage whatsoever. So they kind of just, if you face, if you have those two Pokemon face off, they kind of just stand there, raising their own personal defense stat, and then doing nothing to the other one, um, and it kind of just goes on forever. So... Can I just say the the whole the two kings in chess and the two queens in chess is a very common meme format in the chess world as well. So like, does not shock me whatsoever. Yeah. Okay, moving moving right along. What? <laughs> so, um, so in Dune. The Bene Gesserit Society is, like, trying to create their kind of, like, I don't know, like, human super weapon, I guess would be a way to do it, to explain it to the uninitiated, by very carefully selecting, like, which of their, like, inducted members, like, has children with all of these people from these, like, essentially, like, space monarchs and a lot of them are ugly old dudes but one of the main characters in the first dune book is assigned to a guy who's canonically really hot and is played by oscar isaac in the most recent adaptation of dune so i just yeah i um feel bad for all the other Bene Gesserit sisters who had to like sleep with baron harkonnen or something that would suck and then watching this yeah. other girl just like have the time of her life with a really hot dude continuing <laughs> sort of reminds me of him on uh, Don't Look Up I haven't seen that I haven't seen it yet either okay so Timothy Chalamet uh Paul Trades in the new Dune, and at the end of the book, he um, uh, forces the Emperor to allow him to marry his daughter in order to succeed to the throne of, like, Emperor of the entire known universe, but he keeps, um, like, his actual, like, love interest in the book. He, like, mm -hmm. has her as his, like, like, they call him concubines. Kind of an outdated term, but, like, that's his actual life partner. The Princess Irulan is just his wife in title. And he really doesn't like her all that much. She gets fucked over a lot in all the later books. So I feel like that is, um, this image really is kind of just what her life is like. <laughs> Continuing. You should, you should watch Don't Look Up. Because he plays like a, like a kind of a slacker character who doesn't really care and is kind of rude. That could be kind of okay. That's very kind of fun. Weird. We could do. I could do that. Yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> turtle. Oh. Uh, first of all, turtle, love him. He's doing great. Um, 
He's doing his best. He's doing his best. So the personal, like, they, one of their, like, space weapons, like, the personal shield in the Dune universe, um, guns have been rendered obsolete because really fast-moving objects can't, like, you know, a traditional, like, firearm has been rendered obsolete because fast-moving object can't get through the shield, so you have to, like, slow it down enough. Like, you have, like, swords have come back into fashion because you have to have a projectile that's moving slowly enough to get through somebody's shield. And there's technically, like, laser pistols. They're called, like, laser guns in the Dune universe. But if you fire them at a shield, um, it explodes, killing you both. So, the turtle... The turtle will do a much better job of getting through somebody's shield than somebody who's, like, whipping a bunch of nunchucks about and whatever. I saw... It, 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 it wasn't Dune, but it was another thing where it was, like, you, like, fat, like these like laser fields or whatever like stop fast moving objects but like you can walk through it and don't remember what it was it was like independence day or something but hmm. i don't it's gonna bug me now but anyways like we i get the principle I'm, actually, now i'm curious is if that's based on anything like on any sort of scientific principle because it, it, it it's an occurring theme in multiple like sci-fi shows and series it might be i honestly no, have no idea, idea. Hmm? It's a butterfly knife. Yeah. Yep. Oh my god, do you guys remember the, those TikToks where people were like taking those and just like putting them all over the place? It was a big thing like a year ago. I have one of the, I think they're illegal in New York State, but I have one of the ones that's like a practice butterfly knife so you can learn to flip it and everything. And I can yeah. do one, one little flippy flip to open it. It's kind of cool. Some of my brothers had them when I was growing up. Back when I had stepbrothers as well, which is why I phrased it that way. It was like my brother and my stepbrothers. Fun times. Alright. Next. <laughs> yeah, I don't know enough about Pokemon. Okay. I don't know anything about it, yeah. So in the Pokemon games, you battle up through all of the, like, you, you know... You keep battling, your Pokemon's level increases, they evolve, they become stronger, they can fight higher level Pokemon, and you battle your way up through all of the gyms until you reach the Elite Four, who are like these four, like, top tier- Elite, Elite Four plus the champion. So there are these five, like, absolute top tier trainers, and like, the entire goal of the game, aside from like, completing your Pokedex, is to beat all of the Elite Four plus the champion and take your place as the champion, and when you do, you get inducted into the Hall of Fame with the team of Pokemon that you used to defeat the Elite Four plus the champion. But usually, uh, what happens is, you'll have your, like, five awesome Pokemon that you actually use to battle, and then your one Pokemon that is generally referred to as an HM slave, which just learns all these special moves that you can use outside of combat to, like, make your- So if there's, like, a tree blocking your path, you can, like, remove the tree with one of the HM moves, and that's the only thing that Pokemon is good for. So it's just the sad HM slave getting into the- getting inducted into the Hall of Fame- riding on the backs of all the other Pokemon that did the actual battling on your team. Hey, yo, fucking yellow rat from Pokemon. <laughs> you know make me sad and choose, like, nerdier, more specific memes. Oh, uh, I, like, I'm sorry that I have to explain so much. <laughs> no, but, but, but this is really the whole like, like, super in-depth, like, if I looked at this without that, I would never, ever understand it with no context. But, like, now I kind of get it. All right, I looked well, at a bunch of like really esoteric Star Trek memes and stuff. I'm like, man, these would require so much explanation. I mean, we can I always do a 
personally specific meme review round two at some point. Yeah. Moving I do have a couple right saved if we want to toss in a couple at the end. Okay, maybe we can do that. Just an option. I'm down with anything. I don't think this one requires all that much explanation. Leto Atreides the second does not fix everything. He makes everything worse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just makes everything worse. What can I say? There's a, there's a lot of emotion in that face. He makes everything so much worse. Next. So at the end of, which one is it? It goes, Children of Dune, Dune. So at the end of the third Dune book, Children of Dune, one of Paul Atreides' children, Leto Atreides II, the one who doesn't fix everything. Um, a lot of people in Dune have like future seeing powers, but you can see the future based, like, you can see a bunch of different futures based on, like, the decisions you're making in this exact second. So it's kind of like you have to, like, walk this, like, razor-thin line to get to, like, the outcome that you want. And so one of the potential, out like, one of the potential outcomes is that Leto Atreides II has to, like, merge himself with a giant sandworm in order to, like, put the universe on what he refers to as, like, the golden path so that, like, you know, humanity doesn't get, uh, like, you know, exterminated or, like, you know, just, you know, we all blow each other up. And he become like he becomes a giant sand like weird sandworm creature, and I just thought that was funny because he's the ruler of the known universe and a giant worm. Is he basically Jabba the Hutt? Yeah, essentially, but like with a weird human face. Okay. Like that. Is, like they make like Frank Herbert does so much to make sure that that image is in your head. It's fun. I love the I love the Dune books so much, even if they're like sometimes the actual prose is a pain in the ass to read. This one you're gonna need to explain. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> the word for the sandworms in the made up language that exists in the Dune universe by, like, the people that live on the desert planet. The word for the sandworm is Shai Hulud, but spelled S-H-A-I, because a lot of their, like, made-up words in the language are, like, take cues from, like, Arabic and other languages, like, in those families. But now it's it's just it's just a bashful sandworm. He's shy. He's Shai Hulud. Okay. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, here's my last one. <laughs> okay, is the A versus B like the button you press to do an attack move? Correct. So the A versus B, you, you press A, like you press A to initiate the conversation, and usually, and this is like a whole thing, like especially like when you were like playing Pokemon as an impatient child. Um, and I did this constantly, and I still freaking do it. What usually happens is that when you go to a Pokemon Center to heal your Pokemon after, like, a battle or whatever, 
Um, you press A to, like, start the, like, dialogue between you and the person behind the desk at the Pokemon Center. And, like, you know, they're like, ah, oh, do you want us to take your Pokemon and all that stuff? So you sit there mashing the A button to get through the interaction, and then you okay. accidentally start the interaction again. And then you start pressing B, like, let me out, let me out, let me out. <laughs> and then you leave. And I believe, I do believe that is my final meme for y'all. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay, it yeah. is. That was very informative. This has been hyper-specific meme review. <laughs> I think I went a little overboard with the hyper-specific, but that's on me. Man, I, I forgot about some of the good Star Trek ones that I downloaded. Oh, well. Save them for personally specific meme specific. review part two, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> it's what I'm here well, for. I just have them pre-saved. Beautiful. I was laughing at my meme, but... I um, think we did good. We did a whole hour of talking about our weirdly specific memes. Yeah. yeah. I'm very L proud of us. Little teaser for one of my Star Trek memes. It has a crossover with Young Frankenstein. <laughs> I'll get it. Or at least I'll get the Young Frankenstein part of the reference. Well, yeah, there's, you don't really have to understand Star Trek to get the reference. Good to know. It's, more, it's actually more of a you need to know what Young Frankenstein is to... <laughs> Hell yeah. So, that way it's a little bit more of a Young Frankenstein reference. Works for me. Um, we got any thoughts we'd like to conclude on? Just thoughts about anything in life? Academia sounds exhausting. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, I also don't like, like the fact that I'm, just, like, uh, getting a cold sore in spring. That's some bullshit. It's raining. It looked like a thunderstorm all day, and I was real excited, but I don't hear any thunder, and I'm sad. I think it's supposed to storm tonight here, so we shall see. Love a good thunderstorm. I do, I do enjoy a good thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I enjoy a thunderstorm that starts in the evening, ends by morning, so that I can run and walk my dog without mm. it. It, yeah. it. In the evening when we are in for the night, it is lovely. fall asleep, so it's amazing. When I wake up and it's raining all day and I have a five-year-old husky who needs to move, plus one. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, all right. Well, this was fun. My cats don't have to go outside. And they're not afraid of thunder, which is great. Oh, that is fun. My dog does not yeah. like thunder. Echo doesn't get freaked out by thunder either, or fireworks or anything else, like, loud and scary. Huh. Well, there you go. All right. Maybe she's dumb. Could be. Like, like no. Evolutionary speaking, evolutionarily speaking, you should be afraid of that. Yeah. yeah. It's actually really good... <laughs> Good defense mechanism. Yeah. <laughs> if, um, if it's making big a noise, it's probably a danger. Thank you, friends, as always, for fighting with us. Uh, we appreciate each and every single one of you, and we will be back again next week. Um, probably with less memes, unfortunately. Dumbest book.
But in with friends, now with fewer memes. Now with fewer memes, or at least with fewer memes for a little while. Because we definitely are going to do that memes that we, like, exchanges that have happened in our group chats oh, yeah. type meme review. That'll be fun. Maybe that'll be episode, like, 75 or something. That's a Get milestone there. we could do that for. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. So you also have a potential peek into the future. Adios, everybody. Bye. This week's episode of the Fighting with Friends podcast was hosted by Bridget Kelly, Zach Calderon, and Dr. Sarah Brooks. You can find other episodes of the podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite listening platform. Follow us on Twitter at BridgetKelly98, at Zach Calderon, and at Aunt Sarah Said. Rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. Like, comment, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitch and join our Discord community using the links in the description. You can also help support us via the ACAST supporter feature or consider donating to our Patreon. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.